Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we discuss episodes 23 through 25 of season 3, Sheer Heart Attack Part 1 through Adam Heart Father. Uh, we'll find out if Sheer Heart Attack does in fact have a weakness. started watching a show which uh it defies explanation but i'm going to attempt it so here we go okay you know how much i love bake off love oh it. yeah watch it all the time watched all the ones there on netflix in fact they just added a new one um or well quote new they're calling it like Great British baking show because they can't call it Bake Off in the U.S. because Pillsbury has a trademark on that. But they're going at baking show the beginnings, and I think it's just like the early seasons that PBS did not like air on their network. Um, also, these that Netflix is doing themselves now instead of porting over from PBS, they edit a whole lot less because PBS likes to take out all the dick jokes. So that's cool. Um, what am I paying? If they're taking out all the dick jokes Wait what? What am I paying them for if they're taking out all the dick jokes? Uh, uh the tote The complimentary tote I don't know Really good tote Yeah Um I like the beige That's what you always say You love a good beige <laughs> So I love a beige Give me a beige uh, You know this is pretty nice suit But do you have it in a beige? Anyway, so there's this baking show. It, it's kind of a baking show. It's called The Curious Creations of Christine McConnell, I think. This sounds delightful. Here's the thing. It is part, like, baking and also, like, general craft show. And then... So, like, a Martha Stewart kind of thing? A little bit more focus on baking... Uh, but there's one part where she just That's says, like, the funny. Here, here's how you draw a dress, or here's how you, yeah, how you draw, how you sew a dress or something. But here's the thing. The other half of it is a sitcom, like almost an Adams Family type thing, involving puppets. Like, she lives in this haunted house and there's a raccoon puppet with a fork for a hand, apparently because the raccoon stuck its hand in the garbage disposal. Uh, there's a hairless mummy cat uh, that I guess is from ancient Egypt. Um, and then there's also a giant werewolf that just appears in the first episode at the door, and somehow she knows its name is Edgar and just decides to let it live there. So, quick question, are these puppet puppets, or are yes. they Muppet puppets? Well, that's the thing. The, apparently, they actually are from the Jim Henson Creature Workshop, but they don't look like oh. Muppets. They look like... 
puppet puppets. If it's still coming from the Jim Creature, Jim, <laughs> Jim <laughs> Creature ends in workshop. Man, R.I.P. Jim Creature. <laughs> you put him in a beige casket. <laughs> no, so, please. His casket would look like a giant Kermit. Oh, man. So what? That sounds more delightful than this show. <laughs> well, uh, so, if it's still coming from the workshop, man, then I assume that they probably look pretty good. They do. But here's the thing, though. It's not funny. It's <laughs> it's charming, and there's something about it that I can't help but enjoy. But it's not great. Because, for one thing, all of the things she's showing how to make take way too much effort to ever try at home like she makes this crazy cake house and by the way she's demonstrating how to make this cake house while all right so the neighbor shows up and he's mad because the raccoon has been trying to fuck his garden gnomes so this isn't a comedy it is i thought but you said that it's like charming not funny oh it, i mean it's trying to be funny Oh, okay, because, alright, I misunderstood you then. I thought this was more, like, not played for laughs necessarily, the way that you put it. Oh, no, no, you no, mentioned no. a raccoon fucking garden gnomes, and well, like, it's... I'm trying to imagine that, like, being genuine and not a joke. No, it's occasionally funny. Like, actually, this bit with the neighbor is the funniest bit. Okay. Um, like, I don't... While she's... Showing how to make uh, uh, candy cane horns or something, then the pup it'll just cut back to the puppets watching this and being like, Who's she talking to? or Oh, interesting. Like, it's oh, it sounds okay, I guess. I can't stop watching. I've, I've watched three episodes, the third episode guest stars Dita Von Tees for some reason. Hmm. And uh, it's about her preparing for a dinner date with a guy she met at the graveyard who also might be a serial killer. I wasn't aware that they were filming my date with... (laughs) Andre? What? (laughs) Yoshikage Kira? What are you going for here? Uh, I don't know, probably Kira thing, because I'm also not very smart. Okay. Anyway, uh, Curious Creations of Christine McConnell, go check that out, it's weird. Uh, I hope they make more of them, even though I'm kind of iffy on it, just because I want Netflix to make more super weird stuff like this. Yeah, that's the thing that appeals to me most about something like Netflix is they don't have, like... Like, in general, this stuff is just not, like, on network TV. You can get away with anything that you want, so, like, why not take a risk on it? Especially something like Net- like Netflix, where they just really seem to be doing whatever. Yeah, I mean... Like, some, kind- most of the time it doesn't work, but at least they're trying things that, like, I would just not get on TV. Well, that's why people hate stuff like The Ranch or those Adam Sandler movies... Where it's like, you can do whatever you want, so why would you choose to just make a multi-camera sitcom or another Adam Sandler movie that's indistingu- indistinguishable from the rest? I mean, 
Come on. I don't know. I would I would argue that you could do whatever you want. Like give Adam Sandler money is pretty much like <laughs> that's like peak. You could do whatever you want, man. Mm. You could say Adam Sandler to make a movie. You saying this is who else would do that? <laughs> this is the embodiment of late stage capitalism. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I am. Okay. Also, uh, by the way, I got an email. Uh, the people at Netflix decided that they had to alert me that John Leguizamo's new one-man show is available on Netflix now. And uh, they oh, were. Oh, right. I know. I'm. I am subscribed to the Super Mario Brothers movie archive on Twitter, and they will not shut up about the current happenings of John Leguizamo. So I really? am all caught up on my John Leguizamo news. Yes, really. Okay. They've also been talking a lot about like I I and I forget the name of it, but the one of the people who directed the Super Mario Brothers movie has like another movie coming out for Annabelle the first time Jenkins in a very long time. Or Rocky Morton. Those are the two. I think it's Rocky Morton. I bet it's Rocky. He's got a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah, the the Super Mario archive tweets a lot (laughs) to the point that, like, I don't want to because I love the Mario Brothers movie, but kind of thinking of unfollowing them because it's really a bit too much Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. I did not think that I would ever say that, but... Here I am. Do they keep you up to date on the happenings of Fisher Stevens or Richard Edson? No, unfortunately. Oh. Well, if every once in a while they just post an update that's like, Dennis Hopper, still dead. Still dead? I was about to say that. Yeah. It's like Current that... Bob Hopkins status, not alive. <laughs> Hoskins, not Hopkins, but okay. Eh, close uh, enough. I got in the ballpark. It would be like the equivalent of the classic Abe Vigoda website, which just told you if Abe Vigoda <laughs> was alive or not. Oh, rest in peace, Abe Vigoda, you son of a bitch. R.I.P. Abe. Alright, uh... Speaking of way, people who blow up! Ten minutes in here, we should maybe talk about JoJo. Yeah. I'm Larry like Davis I with me. That I'm... Is George Brundle, if you would shut up! What? <laughs> Are we recording now? With me is George Brundle. Today we talked. We're, uh, we watched. We watched episodes. We're gonna talk about them. Here we go. Uh, look, at least I'm awake <laughs> this week instead of last week. That thing was a mess. I was fine with it. No, it was bad. Tonight, those we have to just admit been... our mistakes so we can rectify them. In the future uh, no, I'm perfect, I did everything right No, well actually yes I, I was more the problem last time Ah, uh, come on buddy I'll admit it Ah, uh, come on buddy Look I'm telling you I, woke up I, I don't know this, 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 this is a weird day uh, For me at least Because I'm physically wide awake But my brain is like lagging a bit behind Like look, an election happened and, like, most of my brain power today has been spent figuring out what shit means. When I was going to so... sleep last night, I turned on the TV and Chuck Todd was there. And the first thing I hear from him is, um, running for office is like sex. You don't just do it once. And everybody else at the table, including Tom Brokaw, was just like, what? 
and he was like well hey it's after midnight we can get a little crazy in here <laughs> look the thing that truly fucked me up yesterday was dennis miller actually telling a joke yeah like that happened and it just threw my whole game off nobody could have seen that coming no yeah but jojo's bizarre adventure that's the thing that i watched uh i don't know like a week ago okay i'm kidding i watched it a few days ago like two or three. Oh, but, not a week just a few days yeah just a few days it's been like 48 hours instead of like i don't know 24 times 7 you do the math i'm not good at numbers yeah 24 times 7 7 28 uh, 168 hours Sure, you could say any number and I would believe you is the thing, though. So, okay. A bomb uh, blows up. The the bomb bomb went off. Yeah, it exploded the Peter Dinklage guy. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, so Koichi sees that goes. Uh, he sees it go down and he's like, oh, I guess that's why we oh, by the way, this is find episode... Sugechi. This is episode 23. 23. Sheer Heart Attack, part one. Oh, yeah. I love Heart Attack. Yeah. Just this weird little tank with a skull on it. I, I actually really like everything that happens in, in these two episodes. Uh, the third one, what is, uh, I'm a little iffy on. What's the word uh, for look over here where he says it's like Kiyomi or something? And I like that he just I repeats don't... that a lot. Yeah, I don't know, but I do like that a lot. Just constantly saying, look at me. Yeah. Look at me! So, Kira... So, Kira takes off, uh, and Koichi runs his little boy legs after him, but Jotaro's like, nope, we need to solve this crime in the most boringest way possible. We need to stay here. Yes. As this thing tries to explode us. (laughs) Instead of running away from the bob... We should stay here and confront the bomb. Yeah. Uh, and so Jotaro also just starts listing off cool Kira facts based on his jacket. Yeah, which one of them? I don't know about. I think you know Was what the one, one I'm talking about. He's single? Yeah. I don't know. That dude gets around, just not in a conventional manner. Well, specifically that Jotaro's reasoning is he must be single because otherwise his wife would have just fixed the button for him. Jotaro's not exactly progressive thinking. No. Uh, so, uh, the bomb's also like still around and uh, like it jumps out from a pair of shoes, I think, and like starts just grinding Koichi's face with its treads. Uh-huh. I just really like this look that Koichi's giving it, just freaking the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Skin being peeled off by tank treads. Ugh. Oh, yeah. I love sheer heart attack. Uh, but yeah, it, it gets, like, punched away by Star Platinum, and, like, it, no matter how much he's punching it, like, the tank isn't breaking, it's, like, super, super durable. Yeah. And he does this thing where he, like, starts pulling at, like, its mouth trying to rip it in half <laughs> just Which a great thing great. to do especially when it's shown that it it can explode at any moment <laughs> yeah well his plan was like to get it to explode but like throw it at the last second mm. but like it blowing up doesn't actually get rid of it which 
Like, I don't know if it like reforms or something, or the explosion happens around it, but it's like Explosion yeah. Man. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. But not Explosion Woman. She's busy at home fixing the button on Explosion Man's shirt. Mm-hmm. Man, Miss Explosion Man was such a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, so something that's like super neat to me about Sheer Heart Attack that like Koichi's sort of not quite right about. Like, he, so he says that it's like a super powerful, durable stand. So the stand user must be close by because that's how stands work. Uh, but that's not the case because Kira is like two blocks away, just going to get coffee. Yep. Just and like, yet they whatever, can't. Whatever, losers. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, fuck it. It's been like two minutes. I'll probably be dead within three. Whatever. Want to get a cappuccino? <laughs> you there. I'll have a mocha frap and step on it. <laughs> this is like the first thing that Kira does in these episodes where it's just like, man, he's really kind of just dumb. Yeah. Like, instead of staying around and kind of making sure that your stand actually takes care of these two other stand users, just leaving sheer heart attack and going to get a cup of coffee does uh-huh. not work out for I mean, up to this point, he's never really encountered anybody who could do anything to him. And so his I arrogance s- is kind of a problem. Yes, but I somewhat disagree because even Segechi, a hideous mutant was able to, like, outwit him and almost get over to Josuke and Okuyasu. And yeah. even then, when he blew him up, they still managed to find him just based on a button. Oh, true. So, like, he should have at least looked at this and gone, like, okay, these guys are, like, outside the realm of what I've had to deal with so far, so maybe I should stick around and just make sure the job got done. Yeah. I mean, I'm not disagreeing that's dumb. I'm just saying there's maybe a reason for his dumbness. Yeah, so we're we're in agreement. Because, yeah, I, I think that the dumb things Kira does is still well within his character. But he's still dumb. Yeah. But he's still mo- very dumb. Most people in the series are pretty dumb. Except Koichi. Like, these two episodes really makes me like Koichi that much more. He still does some pretty dumb stuff. Yeah, but he's pretty great in these two episodes. Yeah. And hey, remember a long time ago when I told you there was going to be a stand that spells out curse words in English? Oh, man, I love Reverb Act 3. Uh-huh. I really, really do. Yep. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Koichi sends out Reverb, speaking of, to, like, scout him, but he goes to, like, his, his limit of 50 meters. And so the tank is now going for Koichi, and he can't protect himself because Reverb is too far out. Even though Jotaro just told him, do not send Reverb out, keep it near you so it can protect you. Exactly. Uh, so Jotaro has to, like, stop time, and, like, he makes a fire because he's figured out that, like, the, the tank is attracted to sources of heat. Like, he can't see. It doesn't really have much in the way of, like... It's not very cognizant. It mm-hmm. it just goes after heat. That's that's it. Yeah, it's just completely automated. Here's the thing. Um, I'm pretty sure that in the time it took Jotaro to start a fire, 
he could have just punched it away. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he could have. <sighs> you know, it's too far. Jotaro also there. not smart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, so look, it here here's the thing though about that. Like I'll give Araki credit for trying to change things up and not just making Jotaro punch everything. Like, if he has sure. to come up with a convoluted explanation as to how he comes up with a more creative solution, okay, sure. There's certainly been worse cases of that in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, too. Like, we're, we're totally at a point where, and especially in the third episode that we're going to be going over, things happen that I kind of would give more slack to now because it's not even the most egregious example of Iraqi kind of bending the rules. Yeah. Or doing something out of character. Yeah. Like, there's um, actually something that's really noticeable like that near the very end of the season. But we'll get mm-hmm. to it eventually. Uh, but yeah, Jotaro almost dies because of this explosion. This great plan he had. Like, So the thing that I had wrote down that bugged me about this was more that like Jotaro started the fire and then did not move away from it. Yeah. Well, he only had enough time to to start the fire, not enough to get away after he started it. Sure. I um, also feel like he... I kind of think he probably had enough time to get away from it. But, well, uh, yeah, again, to, to, go, to go into, like, Iraqi stuff, like, it's obvious he needs to write Jotaro out of this next fight because Jotaro would probably be able to beat this. Yeah. Like, just using the world. They could yeah. at least, like, get away. Yeah, it's kind of the old thing of finding ways for Polnareff to not be involved with things, because otherwise he would just stab everyone a hundred times in two seconds. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, uh, the, the tank's like going after uh, Koichi and Jotaro again, and so Koichi has to drag Jotaro, who is at least like three times his body mass, away. Uh-huh. Strong little boy. Yeah. Just firemen carrying this guy around. I mean, he he's small, but he's very dense. You know, he's like Danny DeVito. <laughs> so yeah, he drags him back here. Uh, he's just he's... holding up an egg. Reverb Act Three comes out of it. Yeah, can't wait to Can see Koichi. Dribble... Can't wait to see Koichi debut as the Trash Man. Can I offer you a stand in these trying times? <laughs> you know, Uh-oh. Okuyasu seems like the kind of guy who would make a fortune in boiled denim. I kind of think of Okuyasu more as like a Mac character. Yeah, okay. Who's country Mac, though? Oh, Sugechi. Oh, no. What? No, come on. <laughs> Shigechi's like Gale the Snail. Oh god, yeah, actually Yeah No, Well, no, Sugechi is more the um, Oh god, what what is their name? The the, the the trio, like the two brothers and the sister They oh, love the McPoyles It would be the McPoyles all rolled in <laughs> Instant to one person Yeah There's, okay. there's no way Sugechi doesn't go home after school And immediately drink an entire gallon of milk And then spend like the next 30 minutes puking into the sink yeah, okay, I can see that. <laughs> While his mom is in the other room crying. 
because she doesn't understand why her son is this way. R.I.P. Shigechi. I'm so glad Shigechi is gone. <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad this child died, says George Brundle. <laughs> I am, though, because, like, I'll talk about him probably for this episode and the next, and then I will mercifully forget that he existed and never have to think about him again. Until, Probably. like, they print part four in the U.S., and then I read it, and then I get to see him drawn, which I'm sure is, again, a hundred times more horrifying. I looked it up, actually. About the same. Oh, God. I mean, still bad. Yeah, Still bad. He looks so... more like Dodoria in drawn form. Okay. I do like Dodoria. Yeah, me too. He's no Zarbon, but... Oh no, duh Come on mm -hmm. So uh, Koichi is now Trying to like turn on a bunch of lights And kind of distract this, uh, this Crazy heat seeking murder tank Away from him and Jotaro And he eventually comes upon a kitchen Which is awesome because there's a whole bunch of things That get real hot in kitchens uh, Except this kitchen sucks Yeah like, everything is electric, so it takes forever to heat up. I mean, that's not necessarily and, bad, but for this purpose, it's bad. Yes, it's a bad time. Uh, I kind of was confused why Sugechi, or oh my god, why Koichi? Sketchy on my mind. Uh, why Koichi didn't just, like, open up a refrigerator and, like, dump everything out and shove himself and Jotaro inside of it. That's a good plan. Yeah. I mean, Jotaro would not fit in it. Well, you know, sacrifices have to be made. <laughs> Somebody's got to survive. <laughs> Just throw Jotaro's body onto the stove. <laughs> Classic Jotaro gambit. <laughs> You need a heat source while Koichi cools off. Oh. Yeah, so this, so it's it's not quite working out. Uh, Koichi sees a phone in there and he wants to call uh, Josuke, but like the tank's in there and he's he's kind of panicking when all of a sudden he By remembers. Way, what, one thing I'd like to note here: he could just gone out the door. Yeah, yeah, he also Instead, could just run away. He's got a pretty good lead on this tank here because it's busy destroying the light bulbs in the hallway because of heat. Uh, instead, he's just like, I'm going to go over to the stove, turn on, oh, it won't work, even the oven will work. Uh, here's this thing must have hot water in it. Oh, nope, it doesn't. And this time he could have just left. Yep. It's a okay. real, good, uh, real good bit he's doing in this kitchen, but he maybe should have just abandoned it and left. Yeah. So yes, but a, a uh, he he does thankfully remember though that he has a other version of reverb, mm -hmm. like a real convenient time to remember. Like oh, I have a power that would be exactly perfect in this situation. So uh, he, he has Act Two make an orb that says sizzle on it, and then makes a sort of carrot on a stick thing for the tank. So it's just wheeling itself around in a, in a circle. You know, this is a good opportunity to bring this up This is something that's bothered me for quite some time Okay Carrot on a stick 
you know, as demonstrated on this this episode, even with a helpful diagram with the donkey. You know, dangling carrot in front of it with a stick to make them to head towards it. You know. Yeah. They're, they're However, stupid, they don't know anything. Yeah, but here's the thing. There's also the phrase carrot and stick, which means basically you either offer a carrot or hit them with a stick. Which is not the same thing, but seems like people shouldn't be using those two terms that are so similar. Yeah, those are pretty different. Yeah. I was actually not aware of the second one. I've heard it before, and every <laughs> Just... time I heard it, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And then I realized, eventually I looked it up, as like, oh, this is like some other thing that people use sometimes. Just hitting a donkey in the face with a stick? No, I don't think like hitting it in the face necessarily, but maybe on the like butt or something. Like offering it a carrot and then going yoink, and Bas then hitting it in the face with a piece of wood. Basically, it's saying like you can That's choose a pretty to pretty good joke. Either, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's I mean that. Oh man, you imagine the look on the donkey's face. Hey, hey get this! It's, it's getting a carrot. You ready for a good joke? Here we go. Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. Then he hits a. <laughs> Donkey with a stick. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, the idea is that it is reinforcement either positive by giving it a reward like a carrot or negative by hitting it when it does something wrong. That's the idea. Wow, no shit. No, but you didn't <laughs> understand the concept. No, I did. I also just think it'd be a really good like prank to pull over on a donkey. You make it think it's getting a carrot, then whap. Alright, everybody loves donkey pranks. It's where the phrase donkey punch comes from. Well, um... <laughs> yeah, sure, it's when you come on a donkey's back. Everyone knows that. <laughs> you suck it in the back of the head. <laughs> yeah. Originated in Tijuana. So, yes... Uh, ver reverb echoes He makes the sizzle Attaches it like yeah. a carrot on a stick Takes a sheer heart attack down to the sizzler And shows it a good time Oh yeah, love those buffets So uh, there's a real good Bit here though where Koichi Finally calls up Josuke and it's like that Bit from Seinfeld where uh, George's dad is Just like, it's Frankenstein's George's dead Call me back Yeah like, he's just panicking about everything. Mm-hmm. We found the killer! Jotaro's dead! Call me back! Who is this? <laughs> so, yeah, Josuke just sort of, like, gets the general, like... Uh, he, he knows about where Koichi's at, but he doesn't really know what's going on. He just knows that something bad is going down. It involves the killer and this uh, shoe shop. Shoe shop! So he starts heading down there. He gathers up the gang. He gets Okuyasu. Gruesome mm. twosome. Yep. There they are again. Back in action. Yeah. Just grunting and thrusting their hips. Yep. All the way there. <laughs> this is how they travel. It's the only way to travel. Yeah. So while this is going on, though, like the stove apparently didn't shut off. And now it's really heating up. So the sizzle ball is no longer the hottest object in the room, which draws sheer heart attack away. 
it blows up the kitchen, it throws Koichi and Jotaro out of it, and it's still, like, it's going after them now. And Koichi realizes that uh, Reverb is a husk again, and uh, again thinks that Reverb died, which you think that he would know better at this point? Yeah, well, he realizes within, like, a few seconds, oh, right, it did this before. Yeah, to to be fair, he he figures it out. Also, he might be a little concussed from the explosion. I don't know. Maybe. So, uh, we see the new Reverb, Reverb Act 3, who fucking rules. Hell yeah. He's got two pairs of pants. He has shorts on on top of other pants. Yeah. Double And he keeps pants. spelling out shit. Yep. Uh, his voice is great. It's just a really cocky version of Koichi. Uh-huh. And also all oh, metallic. Yeah. So uh, he orders Reverb to protect him, and uh, Reverb starts doing the Aura Aura thing. So it's like a... It's more of a power stand, so similar to, like, Crazy Diamond or Star Platinum. Like, it can't leave more than, I think it's like, five meters. Yes. But he's much more powerful. So that's the trade-off. Yeah. Yes. Uh, He also has, like, a a pretty cool ability where, like, he he freezes, like, air quote, freezes somebody. What he does is he ends up increasing their weight dramatically. And so that weight... Well, it's not actually a freeze. He just liked to rhyme three and freeze. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, like, they had to tie it back into the whole reverb, echo, like, musical sound thing somehow, so I guess, like, his thing is, like, rhyming stuff. I think, yeah, like, Act 3 is supposed to be kind of a rapper. Kind of? I love it. I don't... Well, he, so, yeah, he has the, a very good quote coming up that you will probably, like me, think is the best quote in the entire series, and it's from Reverb Act 3. I mean, he's already spelling shit out. Oh, it's even better. I just love every time he just goes S H I T. (laughs) Yep. It's his catchphrase. Uh, (laughs) It's a really good one, too. Uh, But yeah, the the closer he gets to whatever he has frozen, the more weight it gains, and the further away, obviously, the less weight that it has stacked on. And then it can only apply that to one thing at a time. Uh-huh. Gotta limit this thing somehow because it's kind of overpowered. Yeah. Uh, but elsewhere, since stands are connected to their users, uh, Kira's enjoying a nice cafe uh, mocha. Uh-huh. And uh, his big dumb hand just plows right through the glass. Yep. He's just. He's the main guy from Idle Hands over here. He's just like, oh shit! I'm like the main guy from Idle Hands over here. <laughs> That's what he says in the Wait. show. <laughs> so like, remember Idle Hands? Jessica Alba was in it. Yeah, I mean, that's Green. what the waiter says. Yeah. He runs up and says, I remember Idle Hands. So yeah, uh, the waiter comes up and uh, Kira tries to like pay for his coffee like a good boy. Uh, but then, like, his hand gains more weight, so it just goes, like, straight through the table. And so there's this real great bit where the waiter gets on his knees to, like, help him up. 
and like he sort of puts his hand up on the waiter, but he gains weight again, and he just rips the waiter's shirt right off. And the waiter just says something like, oh no, sir, or something <laughs> yeah. like that, or like, why? Yeah, I think it's actually just, sir, why? Yeah. <laughs> also... I mean, Kira's done worse things to people that I'm pretty sure were not consensual. Yeah. But, um... At this point, Kira says something... Like, it feels like there's, what, a 20 kilogram weight on his hand? Yeah. That doesn't seem like it would be heavy enough to just, like, smash through a table like that. No, not at all. So... But it's great, and I love it. Yeah. I just love, God, just ripping the waiter's clothes off by accident and just the waiter's reaction to it is great. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so uh, just so we don't have to go over it in the next episode, the, the, the way the reason why it's the hand is because Killer Queen uh, births sheer heart attack from its hand, which is yep. how he can sort of have two stands and why it is so powerful while also being distanced is because it's just an extension of Killer yeah, it's um doesn't really make any sense. Uh, they never explain nope. why he can do this, and as far as I know, nobody else ever does anything like this either. So, okay. Uh, but then Kira's like, "Oh, nuts! I should have stayed there the whole time. Now I gotta go back. I wanna spill my coffee." Mm-hmm. Oh. Sad boy. I'm Kira. having a bad day. Uh, that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Okay. Manga anime differences. Added an image of sheer heart attack skull on Kira's left hand as he thinks about its powers. Added sheer heart attack's heat vision before attacking Koichi and being distracted by Jotaro. Oh no. A few descriptive phrases containing severe profanity were omitted from Act 3's dialogue. Now I gotta see what it was. Fuck off, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. Come on. Come on. What if if instead he spells out F-U-C-K? Ooh. Now you're talking. Oh, is that it? That it? Those that, are the only it. anime difference? Yeah. Oh, all right. Surprisingly uh, slim. Yep. Uh, but, uh, looks like we've especially got a few compared to. I was going to say, especially compared to that Cinderella episode that was just a laundry list of changes. Yeah. Kira's uh, trying to get over his sheer heart attack, uh, but he gets mugged by a couple of bunks. <laughs> These punks are really great. <laughs> Yeah, I love these guys. Uh, they are mad at the working class and the man, man. Well, I mean, I am too, but yeah, sure, they're very relatable. Mm-hmm. Especially when um, they uh, talk about how angry they are because they can't get bitches. <laughs> I mean, man, I feel you. I tell people, so Kira's man, getting... uh, I have a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure podcast. Maybe you've heard of it. Oh no, Larry, and, uh, don't. <laughs> they, they do not care. Yeah. 
Uh, so anyway, Kira's getting mugged by a couple of I don't of tell himself. anyone in real life about this, and I never will. <laughs> Good. Uh, so Kira's getting mugged by a couple of incels, and uh, he drops his wallet, and one of them picks it up, and his fingers get blown off from Money Bombs. Yeah, Money Bombs starring Brad Pitt. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Kira eventually shows up to all this shit going on with Sheer Heart Attack and Koichi, and he's, like, not cool with it. Well, no, would you be? I don't know. If I had a nice, delicious frappuccino that got destroyed by my big, dumb, heavy hand, yeah, it was I'd this weird-looking boy in his Super Saiyan hair's fault. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure, I guess I'd be pretty angry. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, God, come on. I could be at home jacking off into a dead woman's hand. But I gotta <laughs> deal with this. <laughs> Yeah. Today sucks. I could be at home watching the Leprechaun movies. <laughs> I don't need this. I could be watching Leprechaun 2 back to the Leprechaun in the Hood 2 back to the Hood right now. Mm-hmm. But I gotta go over this JoJo's episode. Which is There's the one where the Leprechaun appears leprechaun... On, like at a concert. Is that the first one or the second? So at the very end of Leprechaun in the Hood, there's a segment that I think was cut out earlier in the film because it's where he brainwashes his uh, zombie fly, or, or what, zombie fly honeys, as he refers to them, which is a trio of of women in matching gold uh, outfits, and he does this by rapping. So if you ever wanted to to listen to Warwick, Warwick Davis uh, rap in a bad Irish accent, then Leprechaun in the Hood is the movie for you. I've never wanted anything more. It's really bad. It's terrible. No. Uh, he keeps referring to himself as the Lep in the Hood, which is like kind of just a bad name because it doesn't like rhyme or have any flow to it at all. Also, it sounds like, like he's a leper. Yes. But, like, the Leprechaun's whole thing is, like, rhyming, so you think he would be better at this. Uh, well, the Leprechaun's whole thing is having gold and wanting his gold. What if, at the end of the movie, the main characters dressed up in drag, and so the whole final sequence of them defeating the Leprechaun is them in, like, bad lipstick and ill-fitting dresses? That sounds pretty good. It is. It's we never great. mentioned in the last podcast. One of them, or maybe the last one was before you had watched uh, Leprechaun in Space. Uh, but Leprechaun in Space does feature. Speaking of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Jackie DiNardo. Yeah, and uh, what, I, I had, what's her name from Tool Time? Yeah, I had mentioned to you that she is usually wearing a flak jacket in that movie, so they don't really do anything to sort of like accentuate anything about her in the way that like always sunny in philadelphia did <laughs> uh, except until a certain point in the movie where they are fighting the leprechaun in the ship's laboratory and some acid gets splashed on her and so there's like no real reason for that to happen other than a bunch of characters run up and start stripping clothes off of her to get the acid off and then one of them just runs up with a water pitcher and pours water all over her so her clothes that are left are clinging to her body. Mm. And this makes 
This makes the uh, paraplegic that the leprechaun injected scorpion DNA into, like, super horny, so he turns into a scorpion monster faster. I mean, on one level, you could probably make a case that that's meant to be a joke on the end of Alien. Uh, on the other hand... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, 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 uh, that's a choice. I mean, that movie also has the leprechaun bursting out of a man's crotch, flying across the room in a sheriff's <laughs> outfit, and then saying, hold it right there, pilgrim. Yep. Leprechaun in space is really, it, it's pretty damn good. <laughs> I was amazed when I looked and saw uh, on IMDb, it has a very low user rating. And you would expect Shocking. that from critics, but you you would think that people who are watching leprechaun movies... Would recognize so, when something is good and stupid. So, uh, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen uh, Leprechaun in Space. Skip ahead maybe a little bit in the podcast because I'm going to talk about the ending right now. But uh, they eject the Leprechaun out into space and he stretches out a bunch and then blows up. And one of the final shots of the movie is the surviving characters looking on uh, one of the screens as the Leprechaun's uh, dismembered hands four middle fingers sure and then one of them just goes yeah like yeah right back at you buddy and then the movie ends <laughs> i mentioned to you there's a whole bit where they blow him up at the start of the movie because he jumps on a grenade to save uh his soon-to-be bride and then one of the characters just walks up drops trout pisses on him and then his commander just smiles and nods his head and goes Death from above. <laughs> the movie is so good. Man. Like I kind of mentioned last time, the, the problem with some of those first Leprechaun movies is they don't lean enough into the comedy aspect of horror comedy. Like, Leprechaun in Space gets it. Also, anybody listening to this, I recommend just look up the trailer for Leprechaun in Space. Because for one thing, it kind of shows you everything you need to... S- like everything you need to know about that movie in yeah. two or three minutes. Second, the music they use in it is fantastic. Yeah, I really can't describe it and do that justice. It is it is ill-fitting for the type of movie it is, but also it's the perfect choice for the type of movie it is. It's really weird. Yeah. But that 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 trailer is up there for me with like Doll Man vs. Evil Toys. Oh yeah. You know, trailers used uh, to be an art form. Yeah. Now it's just like, wow, uh, wow. But yeah, then then I went to, like, Leprechaun in the Hood, and it's it starts getting uncomfortable because, like, the Leprechaun gets reawakened, and his first lines are, free at last, free at last, thank God almighty, I'm free at last. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, God. Then he gets reawakened the second time, and he says he has more loot than Tiger Woods, and I just shut the movie off and waited, like, a day to come back to it. I I intentionally waited a day because I was like, I'm going to need to buy a lot of beer to make it through this movie, so I bought myself, like, a couple of tall boys. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Should have uh, really gotten into the uh, Leprechaun in the Hood spirit and just gotten some 40s. Oh, God, I should have. Drink straight out the 8 bottle. Mm. Uh, yeah, and the, the whole cross-dressing sequence in the end, one of them... Um, uh, who the movie has established to be a virgin to get shot to death and his dying words are 
is there pussy in heaven? <laughs> well, does anyone answer? Is there somebody who's holding his hands just like, yeah, buddy, yeah, it's all over the place. Like, you can't get enough yeah, of it. Kind of. Oh, okay. Like, the other character is in a dress and is, like, sort of just... He looks genuinely sad about this, even though that's the line he went out on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Also, Leprechaun in the Hood is the only Leprechaun movie where the good guys actually lose. Oh, Fun really? Leprechaun fact for you. Yeah. Hot Lep Facts. Here we go. Yeah. That that movie also seems as if they, they tried to, like, tie everything together because, like, a surprising amount of Leprechaun lore from the other movies that has never carried over before between any of them is now all in this one. Okay. Like, the, the pendant from the third movie is back. The whole thing about, like, the essence of a four-leaf clover will defeat him is back. The... They straight up take a bit where he gets stuck in a safe, which happened in the second movie. So it was like really neat for me, a lephead, uh, seeing all these bits from old Leprechaun movies just sort of like get consolidated. Yeah. So wait, he gets stuck in a safe at some point, like uh, yeah. So in Jason from the Good Place. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. In the in the second movie, they basically hold a uh, a safe up to the other end of like a, I think like a doggy door or something or no I think he just sort of like he opens the door and he can't react because he's already running and he runs into the safe and then they close it on him okay and that's the same thing that happens in Leprechaun in the Hood starring well, right. Iced yeah Iced Tea Coolio shows up at one point in this movie of course he does what else is he going to do? Yeah. Well, look forward Not to our a... uh, Leprechaun movie watch-through <laughs> podcast. Uh, Def Lepard um, will be watching them all in order. Ah, oh, shit. I kind of want to do that now. I don't. <sighs> yeah, you do. No, I really don't. Shut up and watch these movies. No, I refuse. You can't make me. I... Beg to differ, but okay, let's move on. I've got my ways. Alright. So, Kira, much like the Leprechaun, will show respect when respect is earned, but will mm -hmm. still totally kill you. Uh, he offers him some uh, tissue to mop up his blood, uh, which I thought was going to be like he turned the tissue into a bomb. Yeah. But he didn't. He's He's actually offering it to him. He's a very nice guy. He wants Koichi to be a good, clean corpse. Because uh, he just starts beating the hell out of him. Yeah. <laughs> Shoves his foot into his mouth and, like, bashes his face against concrete repeatedly. Yep. And eventually just punches clean through him like he's a Dragon Ball character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but before that happens, Koichi gets the better of him because he took out his wallet and his oh, ID right. and tells Kira what his name is and where he lives. And he's just like, I am a child and I figured you out. And then Koichi says what I have been thinking now since the last podcast, which is like, the reason this happened is because you were stupid. <laughs> like, you are you a dumb... So hot. Yeah. 
Yoshikage Kira, you are a dumb motherfucker. <sighs> and so then, yes, that is what causes Kira to punch through him like a Dragon Ball character. Yep. Which, by the way, don't worry, it's uh, uh, Koichi's gonna be okay because somehow he uh, didn't die immediately from missing his heart. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the fucked up part is it's right through where his heart would be. Yeah. But don't worry, the human senzu bean Josuke is about to show up. Yeah. Josuke throwing a senzu bean over to Kira, wants him to be at his best. Sucker. <laughs> what an idiot. Uh, like, so the reason Josuke and Okuyasu actually show up is because, again, Kira does something stupid, which is he notices Koichi's shoe got blown off and his sock is on backwards, and he's just like, ugh, this kid. Well, again, this is supposed to be, like, I gotta OCD stuff. Sure. I mean, I actually do really like this as a character trait, but also it's one of the dumbest ways to get caught is I need to turn this boy's sock, like, inside out so it looks right. Before I explode him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he, he gets there. Um, or no, Jotaro actually gets back up and stops him. But like, Jotaro is too weak from getting like blown the hell up. To really do much. But like, he aura auras him anyway. Yeah. Like, he but, still uh, mangles Kira. Yeah. Not enough, though. But then, like, I, no. Which, like, I can believe he, he was still weakened from getting blown up. But I mean, he, like, if this he, were an he ordinary... really got blown up. Yeah. Uh, if this were, like, an ordinary aura aura, I think Kira would just outright be dead. Probably. Which, like, that's something I actually liked about this, too, is, like, you can tell Kira has a really powerful stand that can do a lot of really heinous shit. But because Kira's just not had that experience with other stand users or, like, even really fighting other people and being confrontational, like, he can get beaten very easily in a one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Like, like, unlike someone like Dio, where he just systematically took everybody out. Yeah, and that's what I like about this part specifically in Kira, is that this whole thing is sneaking around and doing dirt behind the scenes instead of just, like, powering up and punching everyone yeah yeah i'm really i'm so like i i sit here and i say kira is an idiot but like he kind of has to be in order for anything to kind of work out because yeah. he's still really good at messing with stuff behind the scenes well the main characters really are just kind of so dumb that uh, yeah you need him to be dumber than he probably actually would be yeah uh, and, you know, again, even though I, I keep calling him an idiot, I actually still really like Kira's character. I think he's a pretty good villain, so. Yeah. I, I don't want my dismissing of his intelligence to be mistaken as me thinking he's a bad character. No. Uh, yeah, so uh, Josuke shows up, uh, starts healing everybody, and they kind of notice that, like, Kira's, like, crawling away. And so, uh, Kira does this bit where he just starts, like, he pretends to be, like, a victim, and he's doing it in this way that reminded me of, like, Light's final scene from Death Note. Yeah, yeah. Where it's this complete 180. Mm hmm Just crying, bawling his eyes out. Mm hmm But he starts, he makes a mistake, 
uh, he asks Josuke to heal him, and then Josuke is like, I'm not a doctor. Why do you think I can heal you? That was really stupid. I'm a high schooler. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah. But yeah, Josuke's like, oh, well, you probably saw my stand, and <laughs> that means you're the killer, so... I mean... Oops. Look, Josuke's not the smartest, either, so... Again, just a series of unfortunate events here for Kira. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing, is I actually thought that Josuke and Okuyasu would let him go. Like, he would heal faster because his injuries weren't as severe, and that's how he would get away, but, like, Josuke actually figures it out. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, like, Kira gets up, and he's just like, oh, you guys found me. Time to chop off my hand, I guess. Mm-hmm. So you guys will be like too wowed by me chopping my own hand off and I'll just skedaddle. Yep. It's uh, definitely a plan, I guess. <laughs> I mean, sure. Kira does what could charitably be called a plan, I guess. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, lizards like... when they uh, remove their tail to get away, see? Sure, it's real piccolo move. Drawing yeah. it back to Dragon Ball. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, Kung Fu chopping a limb off. Whatever. Yep. Except Deal with sheer heart attack again. Kira, Kira cannot just shoot another hand out. No. Well, it works out for him anyway. Yeah. Because uh, Joe's kid just punches it to heal it. And so then they have this really great bit of them running down the street basically going after that hand. Yeah. They're just following it, sliding along the ground, kind of like a thing from the Adams family. And then way ahead of them is just Kira with no hand, and he just bumps into his coworkers. He's like, "Oh, <laughs> oh work is out already, huh?" Yeah, I, that's great. I, I, I'll, I'll see you guys later. And then even just like shows them his stump, and they freak <laughs> out. He like waves to them with it. Oh, God. So, things get a little weird here because the amount of time that elapses, it doesn't seem like any of this should necessarily be possible. Yeah. This, this bit gets really weird. Uh, the hand ends up going to the Cinderella salon. You you told me last week that sin, that Ao would come back into this in a big way, and now yep. I understand exactly how. Yep. Uh, Aya is on the ground. There is what appears to be Kira's dead body at the salon chair. It, it's... it appears to be Kira if you forgot that he's blonde. Which yes, they apparently or, did. Or that he's missing a hand. Yeah. Um, so th this, this person that they initially mistake for Kira has no face, uh, no fingerprints on his right hand, but his left hand is totally intact because Kira did not seem to consider maybe just ripping that thing off to make this convincing. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, like, he is pretty beat up, and I guess you could kind of just use that as an excuse for all his lapses in judgment after running away, but also, again, he's kind of an idiot, so also, who knows. But I, cut him a little bit of slack, because this is a good plan. I It is, yeah. Because what he did was he forced... Uh, Aya to use Cinderella to change his identity with somebody who he just picked up off the street. Yep. And then he turned Aya into a bomb. 
just because Kira is not enough of a piece of shit. Yeah. She's a plugged a big old hole in her neck. Yeah, poor Josuke. He wanted to help her. Because Josuke's a nice yeah. boy. He is. He nearly gets blown up because of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so... So they, they, they run outside because the hand kind of goes out the back door. And they start yelling for Kira because, the, like, I think Koichi says he's a coward, tries to get him to, like, come out of the crowd because it's uh, after work, everyone's in the streets. And then Jotaro's like, yeah, he's got a new identity now, like, he's not even the Kira that we knew anymore, like, he's not going to show up, he pretty much won. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it, that's the, the episode. And at the like, end there, would they leave... Uh, there are a couple of cameos of people that are going to show up in the future. Oh, I didn't know. Well, obviously yep. I didn't. Know. Well, I yeah. Know who shows well, up, but... I'm saying that's a neat. Th- that's probably in the. Ah. Uh, now that I mention it, manga anime differences. Uh, but uh... none of these characters show up in the manga. <laughs> probably not. Uh, remove that Kira's jacket is from the brand Valentina. Oh, that was already. That was uh, also a difference in. The one where they go to the uh, shoe shop, right? I feel like that's come up yeah. before. Oh, I think it would have to be, yeah. Uh, removed Koichi's thoughts about Kira's very normal face and pianist-like hands. <laughs> is Koichi, like, trying to scout hand models? What is Koichi doing? Kira shows up worrying enough and knit on each hand. <laughs> That's one of the, that glass thing like David Duchovny has in Zoolander. Yeah. And he just steps up and like, you freaking idiot! Uh, change Kira's address from Jojin's, Jozenji, that's hard to say, the street of Josuke and Okiyasu to Kotodai, the street of Raimi. It can be noted that during Kira's death scene in the manga, oh, well. Well, there you go. <laughs> Uh, it can be nice. noted that in the manga he is said to live in Kotodai. Well, look, come on. This is Jojo. <laughs> He's not gonna make it out of this. Are you telling me he doesn't survive this and sires like five weird babies that don't that show up in like part seven? Uh, no. They're like, Ooga Booga, we're the kids of Kira. We're Whoopsie. gonna fuck you up. Whoopsie doodles. Uh, added Okuyasu using his stand to pull Josuke and Koichi away from Aya's explosion. Oh, yeah, that, oh, that's, that's right. like a weird cutaway of him like using the hand. I'm glad Okuyasu got a moment though. Yeah. Uh, as Koichi looks for Yoshikage Kira character, yep, yep, these guys are added to the crowd of people. Additionally, Kira, now disguised as Kosaku, can be seen from far away leaving the area in a white suit and dark purple pants. So, yep. Wait, Mm. what? Hold on. Trivia. In the final shot of the episode where Kira escapes, an advertisement for Austin Powers 2 can be seen on the (laughs) cinema marquee. (laughs) I did not notice this. The spy who shagged me. Uh, the JoJo wiki here li- links to the Wikipedia article for the spy who shagged me. <laughs> uh, Alright, hold on, I've got 
am I? Yeah, baby, well, yeah. Well, you start the next one. I'm going to check this because I want to see it. Hi, I'm George Brown. Let me tell you about episode 25. Can't be as good as episode 24 because there ain't no Austin Powers in it. <laughs> Unless Larry's like manga anime differences, Goldmember was playing in the background when Kiro was making dinner. Well, look, that might happen. I don't know. Some lady and her weird kid are mad about her husband because he's a bum. Yes. Yeah, uh, also, her husband is Kira now. Yeah, so I did not remember this was actually when this happens. Like, I couldn't remember if the Kosaku stuff started now or later. Well, it starts right now. <laughs> yeah, but you've, you've mentioned before, like, uh, someone you talk to. Oh, yeah. Power, it just says Powers 2 here. It doesn't really well, look like Austin Powers. I wonder if it is not meant to be Austin Powers. Someone on the JoJo's wiki just saw Powers 2 and said, well, that's got to be Austin Powers 2, right? That's very likely, considering the things we know about the JoJo wiki. Someone on the JoJo or... wiki... Wiki just badly wished for an Austin Powers reference in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Also, though, remember, this is the TV version. It's very possible that was changed, and then maybe, like, on the Blu-ray version, sure. it is Austin Powers. I don't know. <laughs> they restored the Austin Powers poster yeah. in the Blu-ray version, yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, so this this lady's, like, fed up of her husband because he's a bum, and she wants to get a good one over on him, so when he comes home, she's like, there ain't no dinner. Actually... I went to the store, and your favorite meal is sitting in the kitchen, and it's like it's all it's all draped over like a silk sheet, just waiting for him, and he picks it up, and it's a bowl of ramen. Love it. She's like, "I got you, fucker." <laughs> it's not terrible. Oh, but then, then no, I mean, I. Uh, Look, man, I have ordered some ramen from Japan, and the ramen that I ordered from there was not particularly expensive or great ramen, and it's pretty good. It's way better than the crap that they sell here. So, like, a giant bowl of ramen from Japan? Probably great. Itadakimasu, he says. Right? Yeah. It, 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 sure. Itadakimasu? Is that what they say? Uh, look, look at me. No, kimochi. No, kimochi's good, right? I. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Huh? I I don't know. Okay. Uh yeah, so he starts like making dinner, and that like blows her mind. Uh. And so like we we kind of cut away from this, and we go over to the resort area of Morio, where everyone is investigating Kira's house. Uh, they find out that he was made from old man sperm just like me yeah so i was gonna ask you have you ever had an uncontrollable desire to kill women and cut off their hands is uh, that an old old sperm boy thing i mean uncontrollable no because i haven't done it but look you know sometimes you can't help it you get thoughts but you do but you do collect all of your finger and toenail clippings and jars right oh absolutely Okay. Keep well, detailed logs of how long they were. I do that, but like with my nose hairs. Hmm. It's a good call. Yeah. 
You're going to need that information. Um, I count how many of them have turned white year by year. Oh. The results might shock you. Or probably not, actually. It's, it's more every year. So I'm getting old. And then I'm going to die. Happens to everybody. Yep. We all get gray nose hairs and then we die. <laughs> yep, that's how it works. That's how, that's how life works. That's how it so, works. So yeah, he uh, <laughs> so yeah, he was made from one person's sperm, which is seriously my favorite bit about all this was just like, oh wow, his parents were super old. Uh-huh. Um, he never had any surgeries, uh, which at first struck me as a little bit weird, but then I considered like, He's not that much older than I am. I think he's supposed to be like 33 or something like that. Uh And all the surgeries that I have had were like elected into. I didn't need to have them. I never had a surgery. Actually, I think it was only the one that I had that I elected into. Because I don't think you would count kind of like the teeth stuff I had to do as necessarily being a surgery. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, like that's totally possible. So, but like he has no scars or anything that could that could like identify him from a surgery. Um, he never came in first in any sports or anything like that. And then Jutaro initially is like, you know, I was hoping to come here and find out he was good at something or had something unique about him that we could trace him with. But like this guy is actually super smart and like intentionally underperformed throughout life, so he would never stand out. Yeah. Which is cool. <laughs> yeah. But also giving him a little bit too much credit with the whole, like, oh, this was super calculated thing, because, again, Kira is not that smart. Ah. Uh, looks. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, so so they do all that, and then we, we get to the, the best part of all this, which is Josuke finding a drawer that is just full of jars with some sort of clippings inside of it, and he starts pouring them into his hand and, like, rolling them around on his palm. And then Jotaro's like, uh, dude, those are, like, finger and toenail clippings. Yeah. How do you not know what those look like? I mean, they're pretty obvious. You are my uncle. Stop it. Stop it. Jotaro starts pouring them into his mouth and smush them around. <laughs> I just don't know what these are. Yum, yum, yum. Grinding them with his teeth. Mm-hmm. No, the texture on them is uh, really good. They have a faint smell smell to them and a light flavor. Mmm, <laughs> musky. Put, puts them in a snifter and just swirls them around and smells them. <laughs> Mm. Is it toenail somule or some some somule? Somalia? 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 Whatever. He spits a bunch of phlegm and toenails into a spittoon and. Really nice body to these nails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. So. Yeah, he's been he's been cutting his nails and saving them year by year, and he's doing this as like a fortune telling thing. He he measures the length and determines like his luck based on that. Yeah, which 
Dude. Yeah? Dude. Come on. Like, we all uh, have and our just quirks. Then... Yeah, I don't have one that weird, is the thing, though. Uh... Okay. I'm not gonna say it here, but, uh... Alright, if you say so. I... I'm pretty sure that I don't, but... Mm. So... I don't have, like, a thing that I routinely do that's like that, but... Mm. We'll talk about it after the podcast, because I have no idea why you keep groaning at me. Uh, it's for a different... It's for, for after this. Anyway, yeah, uh, keep going. Special behind-the-scenes talk. Uh, Paul Rudd goes off, takes a picture of Joe Taro and Josuke and an old man. The Polaroid camera says... Cam bro, doesn't it? Or like bro cam? Yeah. No, it says. Oh yeah, no, it might be bro cam. Yeah. But yeah, it's like it's some variation of that. Uh, but it's Kira's dad in the photo. Oh no! The elder, old man, Kira. Uh, he calls to the telephone in the room, and because they won't answer it, he flings it into Josuke's face, and uh, like he starts. They they think that like oh well this is uh excuse me this is obviously the ghost of Kira's father and he wants us to leave uh but it's the opposite of that he says that they will never leave here alive because he will protect his weird son. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, old man Kira here uh, he, now he's a real leprechaun type. Oh yes. Yeah. Also, he's great, just like the leprechaun. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Kuichi runs in, and he's just like, stands can hurt ghosts, everyone, remember that. We had a whole episode about it. Ghosts. Ghosts. No, actually, we don't. This is the first time that they've established this. Oh, okay. Uh, Because there was nothing about actually using their stands to attack any of the ghostly presence in the Remy episode. Oh, right. But it turns out that they that they can, and honestly, I don't think it's that much of a stretch to be able to, both of those being sort of spiritual things, it makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, like, Crazy Diamond rips the Polaroid up, but, like, doing that causes, like, any damage that was done to the Polaroid to reflect on Josuke and Jotaro. So they get all ripped up into pieces, and, like, Crazy Diamond has to fix it again. I really like the bit with Jotaro's head, like, in two floating apart and he's like no you need to fix it hurry hurry <laughs> this was fix a bad it, idea fix it, fix it. get back get back get back <laughs> ow 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 <laughs> fix it uh so Josuke is just like hey okuyasu use the hand and scrape the old man out of the picture and he goes on it boss and then he runs through a window yep uh the great okuyasu uh, so what's actually happening is, uh, as Koichi demonstrates by trying to put his arms into the room and then peering near where Okuyasu flung himself, is the room now sort of exists in its own space. So yeah. it's no longer, it's no longer there. So to reach it's into the room, it's a pocket dimension. It. Yes, yeah. So uh, also, I like how all the sound effects for this are just clearly made with somebody's mouth. 
Uh-huh. Like, if there's a crashing sound, it's just like... Mm-hmm. It's... And it's just during this bit. Like, it's not anywhere else in the episode. Yep. So it's just like a thing with the stand. It's great. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Jotaro's like, I give up. Well, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Jotaro and Josuke die at the end. Yep, everybody dies. Kira wins. <sighs> yeah, so... uh yeah, so they get their heads sliced off in this picture. Like, he just sticks a knife to their neck and then just pushes it a little bit and completely severs their heads cleanly. Yeah. I love it. Uh, and then a knife starts flying towards Josuke. Uh, so this was a little weird to me because he had just got done saying any damage in the picture is reflected in reality. So if he cut their heads off, I thought it would just be that their heads would then just fall off. But instead, this knife comes flying out. Well, if they had cut the picture in half, that would happen. But I think maybe if he causes something to happen in the photo, like it still has to actually happen in real life. See, I don't know. The more the more terrifying twist to that stand, though, would be that anything he does in the photo immediately happens in real well, life. Well, yes. Uh, but it's okay, because uh, Jotaro has a plan. Yeah, even though he said he gave up. Yeah, he's, uh, he's just building yeah. dramatic tension. Sure. Uh, but yeah, Josuke tries to like stop the knife and he can't. And then that's when Jotaro takes a picture of Kira using the same camera, which transfers er- Elder Kira's soul uh, from one photo to the next. Uh, so he's trapped in there. And then Jotaro's like, oh, Josuke, you should say something cool. Then Josuke is just like, oh, I wasn't scared. <laughs> Yeah. I ain't scared of no leprechaun. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no roller coaster. Uh, so Jotaro like folds the picture in half and like tapes it up, pins it to a wall, and is just like, "All right, well, this dude was like super concerned about killing us. There's something in this house he does not want us to find." Mm-hmm. And he's right. Uh, so yeah, oh yeah, definitely did not want him to find the toenail clippings. That's what really brings this whole case together. No, no, not that. There's another thing. He didn't want him to find his cam, bro, obviously. Those (laughs) photos that he took of his very old wife were just for him. Mm. That's just for daddy. (sighs) Anywho, uh, so, so there's this great sequence here where, like, He's pretending to be suffocating inside the photo to trick Okuyasu and Koichi, who are the dumbest Wait, of the well, bunch. Before that, what do they find? Well, he actually... Well, so he doesn't actually find this until a little bit into the whole oh. Okuyasu and Koichi thing. Oh, okay. I uh, thought... But... Before that, all right. Well, it kind of doesn't doesn't matter, but... Yeah, Josuke opens up a drawer and, ah, whatever, he finds a stand arrow in there. It's... Yeah. So then, uh... There's just a second bow and arrow floating around out there. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. How many dang stand arrows there are? Tons of them. <laughs> we even get mark flash, it out there. We even get flashback of Dio and uh, Inya. They're just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Yaba. I don't know, they were handing out arrows all the dang time back then. Who knows? There might be ten more of them out there. 
Oh, shit. That's a weirdly specific number. Oh, no. No, I was... Okay. I thought maybe for a second there was actually, like, oh, there's ten more arrows. No. And it's like, all right, well, part five and part six, I guess. Nope. Uh, uh, so there, There's some stuff about the arrows in part five, but... Hmm. So, uh, yes, he's trying to trick Okuyasu and Koichi, and then Okuyasu, instead of opening up any crack for him to get out, he just starts poking more thumbtacks into it to shut it up more. I, I do like that bit with Okuyasu, where he's like, oh, you want some holes to breathe? All right, I'll give you a lot of holes. And then he does this laugh where he goes, ke, 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 ke. Okuyasu is the best. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so this gives Elder Kira an idea, or so he says. He starts making this really disturbing wrestling sound, and then Okuyasu's like, oh, oh no, I messed up. Oh, I messed up. Oh, Jotaro, he got out. Oh, he got out of the photo. I didn't see him get out of the photo, but he got out of the photo. Hold, let me open the photo up so I can show you how he got out of the photo. Yeah. Yeah. Just screaming, I'm not very smart, while ripping this photo open. I mean, at this point, they should know. <laughs> Jotaro just reaching out going, Okuyasu, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, Elder Kira so, just pops on out of there, floats away, slips through a seam in the wall. Yep. You know, cats get stuck in walls like that all the time. So, of course, uh huh. Just flattens himself out like a cat and slips in through a seam in the wall. Cat in the wall! <laughs> well, it's a good thing the gruesome twosome are there. Yeah. I'll take care of this. <laughs> so he then slips out in the room where the stand arrow is and somehow absorbs the arrow into the photograph, which is a little inconsistent with his power, which needed an actual functioning camera to operate, which is why Jotaro destroyed the camera. Yeah. Then he does the thing that I love the most, which is he uses thread from his sweater, <laughs> lassos him up a bird, and yep. just flies away. Uh-huh. With the standard, he's like, I'm gonna make more stand users to fuck with ya. Yep. See, I knew you would love this. Uh, for the rest of this season now... He is just floating around in that photograph, stabbing <laughs> people with the stand arrow. Yes! This is the best! Yeah. This is exactly the outcome that I wanted when the scene started. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I hope the rest of this is just, he's just flying around town shooting people with arrows. Yep, like most episodes will just start with god. him like, oh, look at this guy over here, I bet he'd make a real fucked up stand user, and then he goes and stabs him. Oh my god, thank you, Iraqi. That is amazing. <laughs> Forever etched into my mind is this dude just flying away on a lassoed crow. It is... Mm -hmm. oh, God, it's great. Uh, so yeah. Um, <laughs> he's flying away and Jotaro's like, well, shit, that little goblin made us look like idiots. Uh -huh. um, so Kira... Uh, meanwhile, he's continuing to not fit in very well with his new surroundings, uh, which is baffling his not-wife. Mm -hmm. uh, he he makes a delicious-looking omelet dinner and then immediately goes over to clip his toenails. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so I'm pretty sure this lady's going to die. Okay. He's he's going to be jacking off onto this lady's hand in like at least another couple episodes. <laughs> okay. Like part. So here's here's my prediction for how this is going to play out. I think that maybe. All right, he's here going we go. To... George's predictions. Let's go write it down. Uh, hold the envelope up to my head. Uh-huh. Um, I'm thinking that he is going to try to make an effort to live a normal life. Uh, he's going to do that thing where he's like, oh, maybe I can give up my serial killing ways and, like, live comfortably and quietly with this family. Uh, but it's not going to work out. He's going to be too tempted to chop off this broad's hand. And then he's also going to find out, I'm thinking that, like, something's up with that kid. That kid acted super weird. And I think that that kid is either, like, is a stand user or will, like, become a stand user. And then he's got to figure this whole thing out with, like, oh, I could use this kid to my advantage. Or, like, if that doesn't happen, then my other guess would be, like, he kills the kid's mom and then the kid using his stand tries to go after Kira and then that blows Kira's cover. Okay. Those are George's predictions. Tune in for the rest of the series to see how they play out, if he was correct or not. Most people listening either, to this probably already know. It's either another milkman situation, or I'm like dead fucking wrong this time, so I don't know. Okay. Something's, something is with that kid. Like, that kid, first of all, that kid looks like a man with dwarfism. That kid, uh, for some reason, wears a safari hat all the time. Yes, yeah. There's something going on with that kid. I am definitely convinced that that kid is going to show up like a fair deal. I don't think that this is. Don't think this is what. The end I don't him? think this is like the yeah the the only time that we see him. Okay. Um. Yeah. So landlord shows up. He's like, I must have the rent. Where is my rent? Dollars, dimes, and pennies. I need them all right now. Mr. Roper showing up here to shake him down. <laughs> uh, and so his uh, not wife is just like, oh no, it's in the safe. Honey, can you go open the safe? And then Kira obviously does not know the safe combination. He doesn't. But, uh, so uh, he has... you, you would think he could just go up and explode it open. Yeah. Blow it up. Uh, unless the weirdo who he swapped skin with is uh, one of those out. Like, put a live grenade in there. <laughs> yeah. But she sort of seems like the sword. I mean, we don't know. We don't know anything about Kosaku. Every time, every time there's a story that's just like, I found a safe, I'm going to try busting it open. Just keep thinking like, yeah, but what if, like, the person before you, like, they just fucking put a grenade in there. Like, one of it's one of those fucking freaks. How often yeah, do you think this that thing actually happens? enough that it is like a genuine risk that like I would not just try to pop a safe open I would try to find someone who knows exactly what they were doing with that alright I this is a very strange thing to be concerned about I'm very concerned about finding random safes apparently so uh, he has this little plan where he gets uh, Killer Queen to uh, pit pocket a bunch of yen from the landlord and then just gives him back his yeah. own yen and pays up for, like, I think half a year's worth of rent. Yeah, the landlord's like stoked about this. $2,600, I think. 
Yeah, the best part is this plan's not going to work, because, like, the landlord is going to go back with his money and then realize, like, wait a second, I have the exact amount that I had before I went to this guy's house. Yeah. What the fuck is up with that? <laughs> He's going to show up, like, 12 minutes later being like, hey, dick. Uh-huh. Go open the safe. Also, the wife notices that he stole it. Oh, and she gets fucking soaked. Yeah. Like just, <laughs> just appears while he's in the shower, too, and is like, hey, what's going oh, on? God, I, I love that this episode just ends with her blushing and going, so romantic. <laughs> yeah. There's something different about him. It's like he's a different person, but also better in every way, so I don't really care. Yeah. Oh god, I hope somebody chopped my husband's flesh off, put it onto his own. <laughs> that gets me soaking wet. Just steaming. Uh, oh god, that's, that's how that episode ends. That's I had to leave off on that shit, so... Uh-huh. The next episode title, by the way, has me the most pumped up I have ever been for continuing JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Well, manga anime differences. Change the order of events by putting some of the Kawajiri uh, Kawajiri chapters... Oh my god, I... Kawajiri chapters before the events at Kira's Villa. Uh, Added Hayato talking to himself about cameras. Foreshadowing somebody. Added a new Moriocho radio segment. Removed Koichi reacting to Okuyasu wondering if there are parts of Kira's victims inside the house. Jotaro stating that Kira still has his original left-hand fingerprints. And Josuke wondering about Kira's habits. So they took out the part where Jotaro says Kira still has his regular left fingerprints. Hmm. I don't know why. I, guess, I mean, like part pretty... of that's probably because it never comes up again, so they were just oh, like, eh. really? Nah, I don't think so. That's surprising, considering... That seemed like it was totally set up to be a, a big thing. Like, that would be part of how they find him. You'd think so, but remember what series this is. Yeah, good point. Added Koichi passing through Yoshihiro's area again by mistake. Uh, removed Okuyasu's being impressed by how precisely Jotaro folds the picture, his explanation about how ghosts can't breathe, and <laughs> Yoshihiro remembering how he got the arrow. They shouldn't have removed explanation yeah. about ghosts not being able to breathe. Okuyasu, ghost expert. I think maybe it's also, jo- ghost expert. The way that he's crushing on Remy. Hmm. It's just like that, that part freak. in Ghostbusters. Oh no. Removed Shinobu's Larry, state... she's 15. What? She's 15, Larry. You can't make a joke like that. They're going to take us off of iTunes. What are you talking about? You never even seen the ghost in Ghostbusters. In... No, I know that. I'm saying you're saying that it's going to be equivalent with Remy and Okuyasu. It's terrible. Well, no, Don't it's, it's never that. actually going oh. to happen because... Look, okay, good. Nothing will ever happen to Okuyasu. Uh, the sex in JoJo's simulated. Mm-hmm. Uh, changed... Uh, hi- oh, removed Shinobu's statements about her family's current fiscal situations. 
changed Hayato's scene. Hayato's the kid, by the way. Where instead of pajamas and holding a plane, he's walking home from school. In addition, it skips the part of how Shinobu complains about how Hayato trapped her in a loveless marriage. <laughs> My god. That's... alright. Jesus Christ. I mean, Shinobu well, does kind of suck. At least, though, this kind of like... Well, now I know that this kid sticks around, because first of all, he's got a name. And secondly, it sounds like they cut important character details out about him yeah. uh removed part where kira physically went to the safe and didn't know how to open it all right so i i guess that's something oh my god kira i just like he at least tries uh, i like this skipped part where landlord acts nice at first before yelling at the kawajiris <laughs> to pay their rent so they're like no we're just gonna have him come in and start screaming at him uh, this dude's a dick from the start. Uh-huh. Alright. Uh, that's it for this batch of episodes. Next time, let me check here. We've got, oh boy. 26 through 29. So, four total. And that is going to be, here it is. The least, my least favorite episode of the entire series with my least favorite character. Uh, Junkin Boy is coming. Really? Yes, I hate this episode. episode Honestly, with... I might not rewatch this. Like, I can't stand it. This episode has the best title, at least. Like, yeah, I... I was excited before I watched it. Yeah, I'm super pumped. Yeah, now it I'm sucks. finding out one. This is the one that I've been like anticipating because you just you keep mentioning you really hate this one episode. I really do. Oh wow! Now, also, that just it's completely irrelevant. Excited. Nothing in it has any relevance to anything else that happens. It's just a complete one-off episode. Uh, the character sucks. He's disgusting. I hate him. I hate everything about him. Uh, boy, it's the worst. I'm probably not going to actually rewatch it. I am actually looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to seeing what you have described as the worst episode in this series. And he, I'm already looking forward to this episode just based on his name, so like I can't I can't wait. He is worse than Shigechi. You have mentioned this numerous times. Like I'm genuinely curious. I'm totally in the dark about this. Uh tonight probably I think like the first thing I'm gonna do is watch this episode. So have fun. Anyway. Uh I probably won't from the sounds of it, but you know. Look, I don't know what me? you like. You might end up loving it. Yeah, who knows? Maybe. Uh, anyway, Maybe. Th that's episode 26. Junk and Boy is coming through episode 29, and these are really good ones. Uh, Highway Star Part 2, or Highway Go Go, <laughs> which is I'm not sure one of my favorite which changes. One I like more. <laughs> uh, and that's what we'll be watching next time. So see you next time on Stand and Deliver. I'm just saying, I would murder Junkin' Boy in real life if given the chance. Well, you are made with old person sperm. Yeah, I can't help it.
H-I-T.